Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding, and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So I'm really excited for this week's episode. We are going to be talking about Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. And with that, I'm going to be talking about how as Christians, we are commissioned and called to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, coming to this earth. And we're supposed to tell it to other people so that they too can be saved. So it's a really exciting episode. Um, Definitely an important part of being Christian. Um, And so I'm just grateful that I get to share it with you guys today, but um, we're going to start out in prayer first. Dear God, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for everyone who is listening. I thank you that you give us your words, that we have your truth, and that we can have confidence in your truth in the words that you have given us. I pray that you would give us wisdom to understand them and to interpret them, and that you would give me wisdom to say the right words. And then I just pray that you would help us all take this and apply it to our life. Give us courage in the Holy Spirit to share the truth of your son and um, what you've done for us to other people. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be talking about Acts 8 because that is where this story is from Um, and just some context on what is happening in Acts um, as a whole and um, leading up to the book of Acts is the book of Acts is talking about um, the early church. And so if we look at the end of the Gospels and I am pulling from John um, today, Um, we find a little bit about what Jesus said before he died and also after he rose from the dead before he ascended to heaven. So it's kind of like Jesus's last words to his disciples and to the people who had then formed the the early church. So in John 17, we actually get to see Jesus um, praying. And so I'm going to be pulling from 17, 17 through 19, and we're just going to read it and then talk about it a little bit. It says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. So this is Jesus um, again talking and he is asking God to make them holy. And he's talking about his followers, the people who believe in Jesus and are dedicating their lives to him. He's saying, make them holy by your truth. And so this is really just telling us that we are made holy by the truth of God and by his word. And so that's why it's so important that we're reading our Bibles and we know what the truth is, because in this day and age, there is so many people and so many different things that are trying to teach us a different truth or teach us their truth. But in reality, there is really one truth, and that truth is the Bible. And so we have to know the word, um, and we have to know what is true. And that is that is the reality of Jesus being the Messiah. That is the truth, and that's the truth that we need to depend upon and be made holy by, because Jesus gave himself as a holy sacrifice for us so that we can be made holy by the truth. Because without Jesus, we're not able to have that sanctification process or that process of 
becoming more like Jesus's perfect example in being um, saved and forgiven by God, because that is the gift that Jesus gives us. And that's why we need to be rooted in the truth that Jesus did, in fact, give us that gift that he was, in fact, God and came for us so that we can have that redemption and sanctification with God. And so that's what this verse is saying. And then I, I really think it's important that we pay attention to verse 18 because it says, Jesus is saying, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. So we are not only being made holy by the truth. We are not only learning about the truth and being sanctified and becoming more like Jesus when we follow Christ, we're also being sent into the world. And that comes with a purpose that comes with a reason for us being sent. Just as Jesus was sent to fulfill God's will and, and to obey God in doing his part as being the Messiah and dying for our sins, we have a role too. And there is a reason that Jesus is sending us into this world. And we need to know what that is. A part of it, a large part of it, is loving others as we have been loved and serving them in love, which is what I talked about in the previous episode. But we're also commissioned to spread the good news of the fact that Jesus has come back and that there is hope for us, that we don't have to face the punishment of death in hell for our sins, but that because the Messiah came and died for us in his love, we have life and we have eternal life and we can experience the fruits of the spirit. Like this is the good news that we're commissioned, that we're sent into the world as Christians to tell other people. And so this is a large part of the setting in the makeup that comes into um, Acts in the early church. And so this this is what Jesus left the apostles with as, as he's um, leaving this world. Um, and these people are then going to need to start the church on their own and spread this message to other people as they're commanded to by Jesus. And so Acts 1.8 says, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth. And this is another really great verse because it talks about what is going to happen in this early church, what is going to happen for these Christians. And number one, they're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. So they're going to receive the Holy Spirit, which is when God indwells in us and gives us wisdom and knowledge on how to act and is our advocate and he advises us. And we're going to receive power from and that power is going to enable us to be good witnesses to other people, to tell other people the truth of the gospel and to really just be a Christian. Like that is the strength and the power that enables us to do that. That all comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's emphasized a lot in Acts that all of the works that the apostles did, everything that was done is done by the power of God through the Holy Spirit. It's not that these people had power within them because they were special people. It's that they have the special power of God through the Holy Spirit inside of them. And I just think that's important to emphasize because that's where our strength comes from. And you can have that too if you accept Jesus Christ into your life. And then you will be empowered to witness other people and to tell them, tell other people all across the world this, this truth that we're so excited to share. 
And it's also important to mention that this verse mentions that they're not only telling people in Jerusalem, they're not only telling the people who were Jews and who were God's people, it's it's for everyone. The gospel and the truth and salvation and freedom and just forgiveness is not exclusive. God gives this to every single person in the world. No one deserves it, but we all receive it and we just have to accept that and that's your choice, but it's offered to everyone and it's there's no discrimination and I think that's another clear point to make because today there's a lot of division and separation across the world and even in in the United States as a nation and I think we forget that the most unifying thing is the grace of God that was given to all of us. And that was difficult for them during during the time of the early church as well, because they had this whole idea of the Jews and the Gentiles. But it's emphasized clearly here and throughout um, the rest of the New Testament that this this salvation and this truth of good news is for every single person, and it's going to be spread to the ends of the earth. And so if you can believe it or not, that was that was the intro that was <laughs> setting the ground. Um, but this is just really the attitude that the early church had in what was going on during this time as um, we're getting into this story about Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch, um, because it really was just a time of this early church being so excited to share the good news that the Messiah that people had been waiting for for generations had finally arrived and he had finally completed God's work and fulfilled all of the prophecies so that we were able to experience and receive that blessing and then be in close proximity and relationship with God. And so definitely there is a lot of evangelism going on, which is just sharing this truth to other people and um, helping people find forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus. And so this story that I'm going to talk about is actually coming after Acts 7, which is talking about a story with Stephen. And Stephen was preaching the good news, but he was actually persecuted and killed by um, some of the Jewish people for um, because they told lies about him and had false testimonies about him. And because of that, he um, was consequently killed um, for preaching the good news. And so it just shows that um, there's a lot of persecution going on um, during this time as well. But something that is repeated throughout Acts is that the early church and these apostles and other people were still continuing to preach the good news. They still preached the good news. They still went to different areas. And actually, God even worked through that persecution. Um, towards the end of the Gospels, Jesus warns um, the apostles that they will experience persecution. They will experience trials and suffering and even have to pick up their own cross and die for their faith as Jesus did. But really God is working through this because um, in Acts 8.1, it talks about how because of the persecution, the believers were scattered. And that's going to become significant in a minute, but we're just going to read Acts 8.1. It says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And then in Acts 4, 
in Acts 8, 4 through 5, it says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. So I just think it's really cool to mention this because it ties into Philip, but also it talks about how God is working through this persecution. He allowed it to happen, but at the same time, this persecution scattered the believers, but then they were able to reach other people and they were able to take the gospel to the ends of the earth because they were put in those different positions by God. And so everything is a part of God's will and a part of his plan, even if we might not understand it at the moment, like how exactly that is working. Um, but one of those people, Philip, who we're going to talk about, um, went to Samaria and he was preaching the good news there and telling people um, about the Messiah. And you might hear some page turns because I'm using the Bible, but um, I hope that's a good thing because then we know that I'm, I'm using scripture. But we are going to be now starting to talk specifically about Philip and um, his interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch. So this is found in Acts 8, 26 through 40, and we're just going to read through it and talk about it a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start in verse 26. It says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and met, he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. So right off the bat, in these first two verses, quite a bit happens. Number one, an angel of the Lord is telling Philip, but it is a great reminder for us that when we're called by God or an angel um, to go and do something, we don't need to question that. We just need to go because we know from the word and um, from the truths that God has shown us in the Bible that he is faithful and he is good and he is just. And when we know that. We don't have to question when God is telling us to do something. We just have to obey because we know he's a good God and we know we love him and we want to follow him. And so that means that when God tells us to do something, our first reaction is obedience. It's not, well, God, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to go. That seems like a far walk. Where am I going? Jerusalem to Gaza? Hmm. I don't know. And like we get all of those doubts and we get all of those insecurities about obeying the Lord when in reality, we just have to be reminded of the truth of who it is we're obeying. And if you're following the Lord closely and you want to please him and serve him and you love him, then your first reaction should be obedience when you're called to do something, just like Philip is doing here. And so he meets this Ethiopian eunuch here. And if we continue reading, it says, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then in verse 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? So we're just going to pause there and talk a little bit more about this. So first of all, this eunuch is reading the Bible. He is reading Isaiah and he's reading it aloud. And that kind of shows us where um, this man is at in his faith. He is trying to understand God. He's interested in God and he's trying to learn about it. And the Holy Spirit then says to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. And again, Philip is not like, 
well, that's kind of weird. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to go over there. That might be dangerous. I might be persecuted. That might be scary. No, Philip runs over there. He runs because he is so obedient to the Lord. He is so obedient to the Holy Spirit inside of him, telling him to do something that immediately he's like, yes, I want to please God. I want to follow God. And so God's telling me to do something. I'm going to immediately obey because I want to bring glory to his name. And so he's running over to go meet this eunuch and walk beside his carriage as he was told to by the Holy Spirit. And he asked, do you understand what you're reading? The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? for his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And I love, love, love this story um, for a couple reasons, because first of all, This eunuch is interested. He wants to know the truth of what is being written in the Bible. He's so curious, but he doesn't understand. And he's he's asking, is this prop who is this prophet talking about? And that curiosity allows Philip to tell him the good news about Jesus, that that this prophecy, which he's reading from Isaiah 53, is actually a prophecy about Jesus and how Jesus is going to be like a sheep to the slaughter, and he's going to be a lamb silent before the shears, and all of these different things that are being said here is about the Messiah who has come, and with that, he has brought salvation and forgiveness for anyone who wants it, and I think that's so beautiful that, and so this is just a reminder today that if you want to be obedient to God, you have to know what he's asking you to do. And the same thing that he's asking Philip to do is the same thing that he's asking us to do on a daily basis. And that and follow his guidance. And specifically, we can follow his guidance as we're evangelizing to other people. And as we're telling other people about the hope and the life that we have inside of us. And so Philip being able to share the good news with this eunuch was only possible by the Holy Spirit and by God working through Philip. And so we continue and we see how something beautiful came out of this obedience and came out of Philip being close to the God, Philip knowing God's voice and responding to it, but also this eunuch um, being saved and finding eternal life, which was only possible Um, through Philip, another believer's obedience. And so we read in verse 36 that as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And I love this because it shows how powerful the truth is, how powerful telling someone that the Messiah has arrived can impact their life because this eunuch is so excited probably the first water he saw he's like let me be baptized like why can't I be baptized there I want to be a believer of the Lord I want to be saved and I want that to be right now like as soon as someone hears the truth and they are ready to receive it that is a powerful powerful thing because that is someone receiving eternal life in the truth that will save them from death. And so don't underestimate that. I think we forget that um, evangelism 
evangelism seems so scary and we forget that we're actually offering someone an opportunity to hear about the gift they were given. It's a gift, guys. And and why wouldn't you want to tell someone how that they, how they can have life and how they can experience what you're experiencing as a follower of Christ? And so the eunuch was baptized and he was able to accept Jesus into his life and become a follower of Jesus. And it says in verse 39, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So this, first of all, we can mention the teleportation. We can mention that because that is a miracle that happened from the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 39 that the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Philip, I do believe, teleported, and I believe that the Holy Spirit has that power because, guys, we're talking about our holy, sovereign, almighty God. There is nothing that he can't do. So I fully believe that Philip was, in fact, teleported from one area to another. And I think that God did this because Philip had fulfilled his purpose. He had obeyed the Lord and he had shared the truth with this eunuch. And because of his obedience, his work was done. And that's what God does in our life. He gives us constant opportunities every single day to carry out the work he has for us. And we can choose to step into that and walk in that. Or, I mean, honestly, you can choose not to. That's up to you. We have free will. Um, and that was a gift given to us. But at the same time, we also as Christians, desire to follow the Lord and desire to please. So we are trying to obey what he's telling us to do um, because then then we're fulfilling our purpose and God will give us other opportunities to share and other opportunities to bring glory to his name and just witness to other people. And I also like how it mentions that Philip continues to spread the good news. He's spreading it in every town that he goes through. This is not a one-time thing. This is not, Philip, oh, you you did great, Philip. You spread the good news to one person. Now you're done, set, you completed God's purpose for you for the rest of your life. No, God is calling us all continually every single day for the rest of our lives to give our lives up to him. And a part of that is to give our lives up to him so that we can serve him through spreading the good news about him. And that's something that in your heart, honestly, you should want to do. You should Your cup should be so overflowing with gratitude for what Jesus did for you on the cross that you are excited and ecstatic and feel it's necessary to share that with other people. And that should not be a one-time thing or a two-time thing or once a week, once a month, once a year. That's every single day. We're trying to share in a kind, loving way what we believe is life to other people. And that is the truth that people can have salvation through Jesus and that we're, we're not good people and we've fallen short of the glory of God, but that that's not where the story ends, that we have saving grace through Jesus and that they can experience that themselves if they want to. And so Philip really was a part of an early church that everyone in that was doing this. Everyone is spreading this good news. And that's part of the reason why we have the church today is through their work and their evangelism, because if, if this was not the truth, it still wouldn't be around today. If these were just rumors and fabricated stories about some, some guy who rose from the dead, it would have been disproved by now. But 
there's still so many Christians, so many intelligent people saying that they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And that's because it is the truth, because the truth is the word of God. And the truth makes us rejoice. It makes us overflow and it makes us share with even more people. And that's why the truth is still with us today, because in the end, it is true and it is powerful. And that power should not be underestimated because you don't know how God is going to work through you to save someone else's life around you. And that's why this is just me reminding you guys that we're called to do this. We're called to spread this truth and to tell other people. And we can't forget that because that's such an important part of being Christian. And we should be ready to step into that every single day and be focusing and asking God how we can do that in our own lives and just don't forget to read your word and be near to him so that you're prepared to to talk to people about your faith or to witness with your actions and the way that you live and carry yourself and love other people that that you really have something to share that something is different and changed in your heart and that you will then be able to explain to someone else that that is Jesus and possibly give them life that they might never have received from anyone else and So I just wanted to encourage you guys that you can step into that and the power of the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. Um, And so I just want to end with a quick prayer. Dear God, I just pray that you would be with us and that you would give us courage to share the word and your truth with other people around us, that you would put on our hearts people that you want us to reach, that you want us to sit down and talk to because Your word is powerful and your word can change their heart. And I pray that we wouldn't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit working through us and your power to change people's lives and turn them completely around. And I pray that you would just humble us to be used for your work and to build your kingdom here on this earth and that we would step into that and step into obedience every single day. And that every time you're calling us to go, that we would go without question and we would go running. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just had some final verses that I wanted to share from a little bit earlier in Acts about evangelizing and about um, the early church because I I want to be honest with you guys. Evangelism is not always easy and it doesn't always go well. And that's because some people have really hardened hearts against God and the truth. And it can be for a multitude of reasons. And the most important thing that we can do for those people is we can pray for them. But um, at the same time, we have to make sure that we're telling these people the good news in a way that is loving and kind. There are many different ways to tell people the good news, but you have to make sure that you're saying it in an accurate way and in a humble way, because we too have needed and received the grace of God. We are not perfect, and we shouldn't portray that to other people, because in reality, that's not true at all. Like, every single person has fallen short of the glory of God, but using that as a testimony is so powerful in our witness to other people. Um, But just, I want to warn you guys to make sure that you're praying and um, following the guidance of the Holy Spirit and how to do that in a productive and loving way. Because above all else, like we're called to love those around us and we love them through telling them the good news because we want them to be saved. But we're still loving them in that and we're not condemning anyone because we don't have that power. Um, We are just simple sinners like everyone else. 
but we do have this good news to share that while we are sinners, we are also forgiven and redeemed and that other people can too. Um, but still people react negatively to that. And so I just wanted to show you guys Acts 5, 41 through 42. It says, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. And this is coming after the apostles um, went to the high council and were basically told do not tell people about Jesus. Do not. And um, they suffered for that and they went to jail for that. And eventually later on, these apostles are going to die for that. But they are rejoicing in that suffering. They are rejoicing in that persecution because they know that Jesus was also betrayed. Jesus was also rejected and denied. And Jesus also suffered. And so for us to be able to do that, for our belief is a blessing and they were they were overjoyed that they were worthy to suffer the disgrace for the name of Jesus and so that's just a reminder like it also says in Matthew 5 that if we're being condemned for our beliefs if we're being persecuted for them that is a good thing and that means that we're doing something right so don't be discouraged by that just be encouraged that you are spreading the good news and that's all you're responsible for. The Holy Spirit will do the rest for you. Like with Philip, it, it definitely, you can see very clearly how the Holy Spirit plays such an important role in evangelizing because we can only tell other people the truth. We can't change their hearts. Only God can. And so that's just a reminder that if you're ever persecuted or ever shut down for telling other people about your faith, that is, that is not abnormal that will happen and Jesus warned the apostles about that and he warns us about that but it's cause for rejoicing because you're doing something right and you're doing the Lord's work and you're never going to be condemned eternally for doing the Lord's work we might experience trials and tribulations here on this earth but you know that you're wait awaiting eternal life and that you have the opportunity to give that to someone else. And that is so much greater than being embarrassed or being shut down for trying to give that gift to someone else as well. And so continue to preach and continue to share yourself just as the apostles did that Jesus is the Messiah because that is the good news that we have and want to give to other people. So that is all that I had for you guys today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and just joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.